This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grant Haven Campground. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's Playground. But first, if you love the outdoors and are looking for ways to align your education with future employment in the trades, Northwest Technical College in Bemidji is for you. Explore state-of-the-art technical education in six career paths, automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology, all in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods, surrounded by more than 400 lakes and, of course, limitless forests. The shortest path to your dream job and a good bite is at NTC, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. Coming up today, it's Dwayne Peterson of Northland Fishing Tackle, Freshwater Fishing Hall of Famer, one of the great people in the biz. He's going to get us ready for fall fishing and recap how things have gone this summer. Dwayne Peterson, a real treat, coming up next on Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. I got my fishing pool keys, tackle box in my hand. Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand. Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man. But the wife, she just don't understand. I love walleye perch, trout, and bass. And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my mercury right in the bag. Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me. Cause I'm fishing Paul Bunyan Country. When planning your trip up north, plan to park your RV or camper at the spacious Grand Haven RV Campground in Bemidji. You'll be in the perfect area to ride ATV, fish, hunt, and hike. With free parking for your boats and trailers and located just off Highway 2 west of Bemidji, Grand Haven Campground is the center point for your next Northland adventure. Fish hundreds of surrounding lakes and cruising the miles and miles of the ATV trails northern Minnesota has to offer. Visit GrandHavenCampground.com and book your stay today. Hi, this is Nate Blazing with the Missile Guide League, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoor. Hall of Famer Dwayne Peterson joins us today on uh, Fish and Paul Bunyan Country as we kind of wrap up summer and get into fall. First of all, Dwayne, Welcome back to the show. Thank you for taking the time today. You bet. Thank you, Kevin. Well, I know you've been out on the water a lot in a very a, a number of different lakes. Uh, overall, uh, regardless of species, what would you say the grade would be for the fishing season this year, for, as far as you're concerned? Oh, I give it a I give it an A for sure. You know, A minus on some days, uh, crowding bees, but pretty much across the board, uh, we've had an outstanding fishing season again, and. And, you know, the more we diversify the species that we pursue and the lakes that we that we travel to, the better our fishing becomes. And I think we're, we're learning more and more each year about uh, the value of mobility. Boy, that, that is true. I mean, if you're able to, to get from one, you know, another lake that, uh, that maybe you're hearing good reports on and make, put a smile on your face, and um, I just just keep hearing every year it seems Dwayne uh, a more consistent bite across the board that that uh, dead August time kind of has gone away and that's because a lot of people like you say are diversified and they'll uh, they'll pick up a you know a, a bass lure and go bass fishing if the walleyes aren't biting I think that's I think that's very true and I, I think uh, once that you know that shallow water walleye bite starts to dissipate in mid-june uh, that we're also uh, hung up on, or that we enjoy so much. I guess if we if we uh, branch out a little bit and travel to different places and decide to fish some different species and try some different techniques, uh, we have tremendous fishing year round here. 
Um, was there anything out there that surprised you this year? Well, I don't think so. Uh, you know, there's been a concern, obviously, for years, you know, about invasive species, and I, I hear less now, I think, than I did in past years. I think we're learning to to live with the probability that we're going to have invasive species in our lakes, and Mother Nature is going to uh, figure out how to deal with it, and uh, so are we. I think that would be one thing that I've seen uh, less of is concern, you know, about uh, invasive species. Uh, I would say I was a little surprised that uh, the traffic at the landings, I thought, uh, tapered off a little bit from what it was last year. It seems like last year we had an awful lot of fish, people fishing in our area and the accesses were were full of trucks and a little bit less this year, I think. Uh, but beyond that, no, I think it was a very stable, uh, consistent uh, fishing season, and it's not over yet. This beautiful weather we've got in here is going to bode well for uh, for very good late summer, uh, early fall fishing. I, I think from my perspective, talking to the people I talk to, trying to get the reports I get, is it was a very good walleye year in that the temperature stayed rather cool and uh, didn't get too hot, and it just seemed that that bite kind of extended uh, well, into August before it really did quiet down, and then, like, like I said, then then I, people were about bass fishing and, and pan fishing. So, I thought from a walleye perspective, this was a very good year. Yes, it, it definitely was a good year, and and we got our our water levels more uh, back to you know closer to normal. I think that was that was helpful. I think our water temperatures stayed cooler, uh, you know, well into the summer. We never had the real hot uh, days of of August that we are used to having, uh, we had enough wind where it kept the, the waters circulated and healthy and uh, oxygenated and the weed growth was good and just a good uh, normal overall season, I think. And uh, again, transitioning from, from one species to another and from one fishing body of water to another really ups the, uh, the catch rate. You mentioned AIS and the fact that it's here in, in a lot of our lakes and, and certainly has changed things. One of the things that concerned a lot of people, and at least in the short term, that hasn't happened. It has certainly not affected the populations. The same amount of walleyes there in the lake that have always been in the lake and other species as well. But at least in the walleye perspective, we have had to learn to fish new areas or maybe new times. Yeah, that that's the lakes are changing. They're ever-changing. The the underwater world changes yearly and, and even daily as we pursue these these little green fish, and and uh, we have to adapt to that as well, and we have. You know, we've adapted to clearer water. We've, we've adapted to weeds growing deeper. We've adapted to changing, uh, you know, water conditions. Uh, uh, I, I think it's just a matter of... Uh, tolerating the fact that we are going to have invasive species and mother nature will figure out how to deal with it and we have to coexist with mother nature and with the uh invasive species that are that are on our doorstep and also in our lakes we've got to do everything we can to avoid them and keep them out but it's probably inevitable regretfully 
Well, certainly we, we have plenty of examples of it uh, elsewhere. I mean, Lake Erie is uh, Exhibit A, and there's many other places. And, uh, yeah, I mean, in some cases it's it's actually been a plus for some lakes, depending on the situation they, the lakes found themselves in before. But, uh, again, um, we haven't f- found any lake, at least I haven't heard of any lake, where we've seen, uh, you know, fish mortality affected by any AIS. No, that's that's a good observation, and... And we're adapting uh, as time goes, and I think uh, I think the real huge concern that we had several years ago is uh, waned a little bit, and uh, we're we're learning to live with with uh, invasives. Well, as we look ahead to the fall bite, uh, Duane, I mean, we're not really there yet. We've still had plenty of 80-some-degree days, and although some of the overnights have been cool, that, that water temp is, is warmed up as the day is worn on. So I don't think we're quite to the fall bite yet, but I think we're still uh, 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 going to see the next few months will be, uh, as, as always, a great time to go fishing. Yeah, it is. I think the fall, the fall weather that we experience, uh, you know, up through mid and even late October, bodes well for for the fishing uh, for all species in our area and, and particularly the walleyes I think they they become grouped up a little bit uh, schooled up a little bit on deeper structures and and probably easier to find uh, multiple fish in a, in a small area but there also is a migration shallow uh, in the fall they they seem to be uh, in a feeding mode because they know the cold water uh, part of the year is coming on and and uh, fall is just a good time to fish. Not not always is it easy, uh, particularly when you've got turnover and you've got that water cooling real fast, but it's my favorite time of the year to fish. Hall of Fame angler Dwayne Peterson of Northland Fishing Tackle, my guest today. we got a lot more to cover with Mr. Peterson next. This is Mandy here, doing my part to keep Kev Jackson's ratings up on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored in part by Bemidji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu this is Dick Beardsley, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hall of Famer Dwayne Peterson is my guest today, talking about fall fishing, and certainly fall fishing is a great thing to do, and the Petersons love to do it, that whole Peterson family. But, Dwayne, it is a busy time because, of course, uh, those who are you know, kids in school, you have football season starting, volleyball season starting, soccer seasons. Even those that are into the outdoors, uh, some of them have to determine, do I want to take advantage of that fall fish bite, or... Am I going duck hunting today, or am I going, you know, archery hunting for deer today? I mean, there's everything seems to kick in in the fall. It does, and it's a dilemma. It, it, it is a dilemma, but what a, you know, a wonderful thing to have so many options. Uh, options are, are uh, a, a great uh, thing to have in your life, and, and the option in the fall to, to fish walleyes or muskies or bass or crappies or, or go up. Uh, hunting grouse or or deer or whatever great options to have and and we we try to condense a lot of activity into a small period of time and the fall really uh really goes by too fast 
So we know that you know fall is a great time for muskies and tall is a great time for walleyes. But bass seems to bite very well in the hot temps. How is the fall bass bite generally? That can be real good also. They have the same, you know, same temperament as the other fish. They know that this cold water period is coming on and, and they need to uh, prepare themselves for spawning or to accommodating the spawn. And uh, I think the cold weather just simply uh, triggers a instinct to feed in all species of fish, including the largemouth bass, despite the fact that we we kind of recognize them as a warm water species, but we catch we catch largemouth and smallmouth bass all winter long. They're they're not they're not uh, they're still feeding. That's what they do. They they, they feed uh, to survive, and they do it in cold water as well as warm water. So, Dwayne, um, the the fall bite or, or what, what or what you've been fishing so far as you take a look at this last year. Your your uh, company Northland is always coming up with new stuff. Is there anything new out there that you've used this year that you really like? Well, I think the, the there's several things actually, and and you know Northland has always been known as a as a jig company. They build jigs for a lot of different species, and and uh, they continue to do that. And they they've actually. Uh, made several new jigs that have hit the market this summer and will be rolled over probably into the winter season as well but but the the weedless fireball jig is something that surfaced uh, early to mid-summer uh it's uh, there's two different versions around uh, fireball and a stand-up fireball with a weed guard and a very uh, effective a subtle weed guard that allows you to to penetrate the you know the vegetation that we like to cast into and drag through, I think that has been a <clears throat> has been a uh, a hit for them and is going to be uh, in everybody's arsenal as time goes on. Uh, they've got a deep V jig that's been very popular this summer and getting a lot of play and and uh, they also you know have have endeavored into hard baits uh, not only in the Northland line, but in the Bagley Bates line, a lot of hard baits that are uh, new to our neck of the woods anyway and and have been favorites for, for us as, uh, this summer particularly. I tell you what, um, I, the, the weedless uh, uh, jigs, I, I have just heard rave reviews from pretty much everybody who's tried them. They, you're right. Uh, everybody's going to want them because they work great. Well, the stand-up fireball jig in an eighth or a quarter ounce has been our go-to jig for, for many, many mm-hmm. years. And, you know, basically they added something to it that makes it a little bit more effective in certain uh, situations. And and it's it's funny how the, the progression of lures uh, that I have seen over a lifetime is a lot of times just mild modifications little tiny tweaks that that improve the you know the catching potential of that particular product and and they talk about building a you know a better mousetrap and sometimes you don't have to change much to to uh to have a better product than than what you've got and i think northland has been very very good at that well looking at it from a a uh, peterson family perspective guys have had a pretty good year we have had a good year, uh, not only 
tournament fishing, but just fishing in general. We've had uh, a lot of good outings. Uh, we've had a lot of good success, and we've traveled safely and, and really enjoyed it. Uh, the boys have had some real good tournament success this year uh, on Rainy Lake and Lake Bemidji and some of the surrounding lakes. Uh, I haven't tournament fished uh, much at all myself, with the exception of the KC Walleye Classic, which I enjoy a lot. Uh, so yes, we've had a we've had a good fishing year, and and uh, it's not over yet. No, no, it's not. It's uh, we got several months to go, and then it's ice fishing. And uh, you know, taking a look ahead, Dwayne, as we we head out to the waters uh, in the autumn, uh, in the fall, as the temperatures cool down, um, what's kind of that magic surface temp that tells you they're in the fall mode now? Well, I, I think it happens gradually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think probably I, w- I would say that, you know, in the spring, we're hoping to get above 60 degrees with our water temperature and and even higher to ignite, you know, a good bite for all species. But in the fall, I think we're looking for that same, you know, 60 degrees and, and below to ignite uh, a good fall bite. So 60 degrees is a... Uh, water temperature is a good number on the way up, and it's a good number on the way down. Where do we find the fish hanging out in the autumn, and, and what do we need to, to lure them? Well, I, I think that, that's a, a loaded question because <laughs> you're talking about a lot of species, and I think the the, the weed lines have always got fish uh, of all species, and if you can't find fish anyplace else, you you stay on the weed lines of our area lakes, and the weed lines are generally in in five or six or seven down to as deep as 12, 13 feet, and that zone has fish uh, all summer long and all fall long. Uh, some, and at the same time, you've got fish that have moved deeper offshore, uh, chasing bait, clouds of bait probably can go down as deep as 35, 40 feet uh, off sunken islands and deep uh, deep offshore points. It's a time where the, the fish can be anywhere. They can be very, very shallow. They can be very, very deep. But I think the starting place for me is always on that weed line. And if there's no fish there, we'll start using our electronics and move off into to uh, deeper structures and use our electronics to, to find schools of fish that could be in, you know, 15, 16 to all the way down to 35 and 40 feet. And as you noted, they're not uh, not real particular that time of year. They'll, uh, they're will they ready to bite. Well, you can vertical jig those deeper fish with a, with a jig and a minnow is a very effective way to catch them. Uh, the shallow fish. Uh, same way, just with a lighter jig and a minnow. Uh, but you can still, you know, catch them on spinners and, and crankbaits. There's so many different ways to, to, to catch these fish that it's hard to, you know, to tell someone what's the best way to do it or what works for for me doesn't necessarily work for you. And, and uh, you know, one of the things that I've always taught is that you – you basically stay in your lane. You do what you've done in the past. You do it the way you've done it in the past because you've had success doing it, and you just have to remember what that technique was and where it was happening at and go and repeat it. Sometimes we're too uh, interested in what somebody else is doing and how they are doing it. And I, I just 
I just like to think that uh, we as fishermen have had a lot of experience uh, across the board, and we need to exploit what our strengths are and do it in the places where we've had success before. FYI, this is the final week of Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. For those who want to keep hearing about the outdoors, we will keep talking about it. It just won't be every day of the week. Starting next week on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5, it's back to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. It runs for about an hour at 1 o'clock Thursday and 8 a.m. Saturday morning. Of course, we'll have the podcast multiple times a week continuing as well. Up next, we'll wrap it up with Dwayne Peterson. I'm Mike Frisch of Fishing the Midwest, and I'm proud to help Kev Jackson sound smart on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley, Bemidji Area Fishing Guide. I'd like to invite you to come to our beautiful town of Bemidji. We've got over 400 lakes in our area teeming with walleye, pike, muskie, bass, and panfish. We're the gateway to the Chippewa National Forest. We've got miles upon miles of biking and hiking trails. Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Fine shops and eateries in downtown Bemidji. Headwaters of the mighty Mississippi at Itasca State Park. Beautiful resorts, hotels, and bed and breakfasts. Visit Bemidji one step further. I'm Bruce Jean, and this is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Wrapping it up with one of the godfathers of fishing in Paul Bunyan Country, Dwayne Peterson of Northland Fishing Tackle. And Dwayne, there's so many great lakes in this area. I mean, even we're talking Alec, Brainerd, you know, up to Lake of the Woods, Bemidji area, over to Grand Rapids. There's just so many really good lakes. So I don't think, you know, you need to pick one. But is there a particular lake or series of lakes you like to check out in the fall that seem to be a little bit better? Well, you know, I'm I'm partial to Lake Bemidji. I always have been for a lot of years, and it's hard for me to... To, uh, to leave Lake Bemidji because it's it's home to me and I have a lot of history there and and I can adapt to the seasonal changes there. But but uh, Cass Lake has been you know very productive this year and, and uh, is always a good option uh, no matter what the time of the year is. Uh, Winnipegosh has been exceptionally good this year. They got a beautiful year class in there that's allowing people to, to catch and and, and keep. Some really nice, uh, you know, smaller fish. Uh, if I had to fish tomorrow and and uh, had a group of people that I had to entertain, I would probably opt to go to Lake Winnie or Lake Bemidji, and I would say that that would hold true for the next several weeks. I know that bass is your number one choice. Uh, does that continue into the fall, or do you spend more time on walleyes in the fall? I usually switch over pretty much, Kevin. I I uh, my I bass fished actually yesterday, and I got to thinking about the fact that it might be nearing the end for me because I'm gonna I'm gonna be uh, switching over to a lot more walleye fishing in the next three or four weeks. Uh, I haven't walleye fished much in the last three weeks, so it's time to switch over for me. That and again, we talked about that, that earlier in this interview. Uh, that is the beauty, right? I mean, uh, we do bass fish when the bass are hot, walleye fish when the walleye are hot, and uh, you know, um, crappie fish when the crappie are hot. Yeah, that's the beauty of the neck of the woods that we live in. You know, this whole listening area that you have from Brainerd to Alex to Grand Rapids, Bemidji, and everything that surrounds us. Uh, diversification, mobility. Uh, 
and and it just makes the game more fun. It makes the game more fun to to travel to different places, try different things, fish different areas, go with different people. Uh, and I think you know back to what I said earlier, you you kind of stay in your lane and do what you do best and do what you enjoy the most. You know, we're, we're so overwhelmed by you know the talk of new electronics and and uh, continued growth in the in the way we fish and how we fish with all the education that's out there but it boils back down to in my mind to, to keeping it simple the kiss principle and 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 doing it your way and i think you have a whole lot more fun and not all of us are built for for forward-facing sonar and side imaging and down imaging and, and boats with 250 horsepower engines uh, there's so many ways to enjoy this game of fishing that doesn't involve a lot of money and a lot of sophisticated equipment. And sometimes we have to step back a little bit and uh, appreciate that. Absolutely, for sure. Well, uh, b- b- before we know it, then, uh, the, it's not just going to be cold water. It's going to be iced over water, and it's going to be ice fishing time. Uh, how much ice fishing do you get in? Well, uh not near as much as I used to. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm getting to be an old uh, timer, one of the old timers now. Uh, I do ice fish yet. I stay closer to home. I live on a good uh, crappie, crappie lake, and I fish more crappies in the winter than I do anything else uh, now. Uh, but I, I'll travel to Red Lake a little bit, but uh, Bemidji a little bit. But more than that, I stay to home and, and ice fish when... Uh, when the time is right, I enjoy it immensely. Uh, ice fishing uh, on Lake Bemidji is where I got this doggone fishing bug, and uh, it's, it stayed with me for a lifetime. Okay, very nice. Well, Duane, before we wrap it up, are you ready for another Fast Five? Oh, absolutely. I do the best I can. Okay. Best. Well, this one, there are not a lot of fishing questions in this one, so you just got to be prepared here. Fast five. Did I stutter? Question number one in your household, is it dogs or cats? Well, it's neither one right now, but if I had an option, it would be dogs for sure. Dogs love you no matter what. Yes, they do. I've got uh, I've got uh, sons that have dogs. We babysit them periodically, so I don't need a dog of my own. <laughs> yeah, I know how that goes. <laughs> Question number two. Besides hunting or fishing... What's your favorite sport? Well, it's pretty much seasonal. I'm a sports uh, junkie, uh, basketball probably number one, and, and I love the football and baseball as well. I knew you'd go with basketball first, though. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah <laughs> well, that's, uh, we spent a lot of time in the gym, and we've certainly enjoyed it. It's been a good ride. It's, it's been a lot of fun. and uh, uh, I played. I had sons that played. I had uh, grandsons that played, and I got sons to coach, and uh, I coached myself. Self, so it's been a big part of our life. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Question number three. Uh, I know you used to be a teacher, but what was your favorite subject in school? Oh, I would say math. Question number four. Are you a coffee drinker? <laughs> I got the cup right in front of me right now, and I just will set it down. So absolutely, <laughs> yes. Do you, do you drink it black, or do you need additives? It's black. It's black. All right. Simple, easy. All right. Question number five. When it comes time to choose your last meal, if it gets to that, what would be that food? What food would you need to have on your last meal? 
French toast. Really? Yeah, absolutely. French toast and probably a Simonson. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Breakfast guy. That's a, that's an angler. That's a fisherman getting up early in the morning. Absolutely. And they, they can't do it wrong. <laughs> there you go. An endorsement to Simonson's uh, French toast. Hey, Dwayne, thanks for taking the time. As always, it's great to have you on the show, and uh, we'll have to check in with you a little bit later on as we get deep into that fall bite. We'll look forward to that, and I'd just like to say again, Kevin, that the the fishing information that you've uh, spread around the, the Paul Bunyan area has not gone unnoticed. You have you've raised the bar. You've brought in experts from all over the, the area, and I've listened to most of your broadcasts, and uh, they're very entertaining. They're very educational. And uh, I give you a lot of credit for going out and seeking these experts, and and uh, it's been a it's what you and I have done this for thirty years, I think, in round numbers, and I've enjoyed every every minute of it. Oh, thanks very much, Dwayne. I'm going to save that recording. I'll have to use that in my annual review this year. <laughs> It'll work for you. <laughs> it is not an overstatement to call him one of the godfathers of fishing in Paul Bunyan country. Just a great guy. I love to talk to him, and. You know, like it when he says nice things, too, of course. Again, a reminder, this is our final week for Fish in Paul Bunyan Country. But if you like the people we're talking to, you like the topics we talk about, we will continue with Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, an hour-long show once a week. But it will air twice, Thursdays at 1 o'clock and Saturdays at 8 a.m. on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5. And the podcast will continue a few times a week as well. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you so much for being here. Fish in Paul Bunyan Country.